Welcome to Tugging Your Triangle, a podcast for members of Fort Smith's First Baptist Church. Our host, Janet Addison, will talk with Pastor Greg and others about how being involved in the life of our church can help expand your triangle. Our ministry triangle represents the three foundations of spiritual growth, our commitment to Jesus, our relationship with Him through prayer and Bible study, and our ministry to others. Join us now as we explore ways to deepen your walk with Jesus by tugging on another leg of your triangle. Hello, church family, and welcome to this episode of the Tugging Your Triangle podcast. I'm Janet Addison, the host, and I'm here with Pastor Greg, my husband. Hello, church family. And today, um, we're going to be talking about something a little different. Um, I got this idea from our daughter who was in town this weekend, and for some reason, she has a late-in-life-developed fetish for Halloween, and that's another whole topic, but she drug us to Target the other day to specifically buy a glow-in-the-dark six-foot-tall skeleton um, to terrorize her cats and her neighbors with, I think. So, um, (laughs) Well, the last auction we went to, we went looking for us, and we came out of there with a collection of Halloween yes, stuff Halloween, just for her. Yes, yes. <laughs> so she's eating up with it. I know, and I, I really that was not bad parenting. I don't know where that came from, but um, it kind of gave me the idea for this uh, that I would share some horror stories that we have encountered. So this episode is kind of entitled "Our Visitor Horror Stories," as we're <laughs> thinking about Halloween. Because if you go in Walmart or Target or Hobby Lobby. You know, they're already cramming Halloween decorations down our throat. So I wanted to just share a little bit um, about some of the things that we have experienced as visitors in churches, because for the past um, eight or nine years, we've been at a different church constantly, um, and um uh, We've encountered some things that were kind of horrible <laughs> from, a, from a visitor standpoint. So we just kind of wanted to share some of those. Well, here's what we want you to think about. Um, when you've been in a church for a long time, which a lot of our members are great, faithful, great heritage in the church, which is awesome, but you've gotten comfortable and you've forgotten what it feels like to be a visitor and you've forgotten how awkward and difficult those things are. So, our visitor horror stories. Well, the first one I want to talk about uh, was a couple of years ago. My sister-in-law and nephew and I went on a um, road schooling trip for about two months. We lived in her camper and traveled all over the Northeast. And my nephew was uh, 15, and he thought it would be really fun to dye his hair purple right before we went on this trip. So um, every Saturday night, we would look at the, uh, we'd Google churches in the area, wherever we happened to be camping. And so um, when the very first church we went to was a good-sized church. It was, it was not a small church. It was a big church. We walked in. It was me and Kathy and, and Weston. We walked down to the front of the church and sat on like the fourth row. And nobody was sitting in the front. So we were very, very conspicuous, partly because we were the only ones down in the front and partly because Weston was was sporting this weird purple (laughs) hair. Nobody spoke to us. 
So after the service, we walked back to greet the pastor because they said, you know, visitors come greet the pastor or whatever. We walked up and started talking to him. And I kid you not, we're in the middle of a conversation. Um, and this was a, it wasn't a, a huge church, but it was a small enough, it was a big church, but it was small enough that it was obvious we were, we were visitors. Visitors, yeah. And we were talking to the pastor, and this man walks up, interrupts us, starts talking to the pastor, never acknowledged us, and and finished his conversation, and then turned around and walked off. And and even the pastor never apologized for us. It was like that was the height of rudeness. Yeah. In addition to, yeah. we were visitors, yeah. and for all they knew, we were. Um, you could know, have been lost. You could have been hurting, searching. Yes. Who knows what any of those things could have been going on, and there was no acknowledgement of yes. that potential journey. And that was very, very eye-opening. It is. It is very um, interesting to be a visitor. Uh, we spent uh, all of those years I was preaching for the Arkansas Baptist Convention, and uh, and I was a visitor, and we were there, and it was just interesting. People would ignore you. People would look at you funny, like, what are you doing here? Um, it was just an interesting deal. The whole journey of people walking up and asking you to move out of their seat, <laughs> folks make jokes about that, but we've experienced that. Um, my mom and dad, when I was a uh, pastor in Cabot, and I've told the church this story, so they know it's not talking out of school. Uh, but twice, my parents drove over from Memphis on a Sunday morning just to worship with us. And a member of the church walked up to my mother, the pastor's mother, and asked her to move because she was sitting in their seat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you think we should walk in and think, praise the Lord. There's a visitor here. There's somebody here. Yeah, because a church member would know that that's your seat. So if somebody's in your seat, it's probably a, a, a visitor. It is, because Baptists all sit in the same seat. So yeah. you all, you know somebody sits over there, and I'm not going to sit in their seat. But it's amazing how much that happens. And people make jokes about it, but they do because it really happens. It's yeah. very real. We're creatures of our routine and our comfort and our habit, and we don't like to shake that up. Lots yep. of times on Sunday mornings. Another time I remember <clears throat> when we moved to Nashville and we were hunting for a church, um, we couldn't find which door to go in because it was a mm -hmm. very large campus spread out and it was not obvious um, which door to go in. And when we went in, finally, there were people at the door. And as we walked up, um, expecting them to open the door for us, the person at the door got on their phone and totally ignored us. So we opened our own door. We went in, and um, nobody said a thing to us. And um, we were uh, – it, it just it, – the whole thing was awkward. But as the service ended and we were walking out, I'll never forget walking past two guys – with minister name tags on. They were staff guys, and we walked close enough to them that I could read their names on their name tags. They never even looked at us, acknowledged us in any way. We walked in that service, sat through the whole service, out the church door, and not a single person 
ever even acknowledged we were there. Yeah, it's kind we of— We never went back to that church, by the way. Right. It's kind of amazing to think you can go into a church setting that has hundreds of people and literally never be talked to. It's just kind of amazing. But we've actually had it multiple times. But I was really offended. You're right. We were walking down the hall to the sanctuary, going into the sanctuary, and a lady— young lady with a big greeter badge on. I mean, it says greeter on it. And as soon as we walked up, she looked at us, looked down at her phone and started texting on her phone and didn't say a word and completely, I mean, it was almost like she intentionally disrespected us. I mean, it was really terrible. It was bad. Tell them about what you did to the singles years ago to prove (laughs) this point of how, how so many times we're blind to to visitors it it really is true and i don't think most of the time people don't mean to it's it's just you're excited you're at church you've been there a long time these are your people you love your people you're catching up on what happened in the week you're talking about the razorbacks or whatever happened and you just start talking and you get engaged and then you you accidentally become oblivious to visitors or people around you so we became the singles pastor uh, and so we were working with our singles and we were having visitors and people were coming, but we were having trouble plugging them. And we just, we, it was pretty obvious. We figured out we were not welcoming. We were not connecting people that the ones that knew each other, they were just doing what they were doing. We had Thursday nights. We had a Bible study in the home of some of our leaders and they were great. They had adopted the singles as basically all of their kids and they had them over every Thursday night. I taught a Bible study. So I got my intern uh, to get a uh, video camera, and we planned out what we were doing. My little brother was already married, so most of the singles did not know who he was. So I used him as a mystery shopper. (laughs) (laughs) So he took off his wedding ring, and he came and visited as a visitor. And we he's good at this. We, We set it up. So he was very open, very willing to talk to people, but he did not initiate a single conversation so he would be like a visitor that would come in that that was didn't know anybody but was not unfriendly or sold up or anything like that and so what happened is he came in and he sat and we were running this video camera and we just told everybody hey we're shooting some footage to do some things about our bible study or whatever so just ignore the camera and do what you normally do so they didn't know anything about it. Here's a visitor. And so my brother comes in. He sits on the couch. People climb over his legs between the coffee table and the couch to sit down and talk to somebody else. Somebody bumps him when he's got a drink in his hand. We had <laughs> two hours of no one ever talking to it, him. It was it was pitiful. <laughs> it, it was like it, I, I still have vivid pictures in my mind of him standing <laughs> By the mantle, by the fireplace, with his arm on the mantle, just kind of longingly looking at people with this little puppy dog look on his face, and nobody talked to him. Literally nobody. It was it was painful to watch two hours. It was of it. painful to, but you know what? He made he made him watch it. He did. Uh, so we had a Sunday morning. We had what big thing we called a rally. It was a big deal. We made a big special deal of it. And I talked about how Jesus said. By this will all men you know you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. And then I got some clips of my brother in this Bible study, and I started showing them as an illustration one of the points. And I'm telling you what, 
it crushed it was the room. Everybody was so embarrassed. I mean, and we had tried really hard not to single anybody out because it wasn't anybody, you know, being rude or ugly. They just completely ignored everything. And I mean, it was, it, it was powerful. It was painful. It was almost too much. Because it's It's, shocking to watch yourself do that. Yes, it is. But it was very, very effective. And it turned around the dynamic in our group and how they they quickly became much more outgoing and much more friendly and taking care of visitors. Oh, yeah. Overnight it did. Because Because it really is. All of a sudden, they felt like what it was like to be a visitor. That was the power of that video. They could identify with him and see the awkwardness and the struggle and just being ignored. And all of a sudden they attached with when they were visitors or when they had visited church and they remembered, oh, this it's terrible to sit in church by myself. Yeah. Another horror story I think of is, you know, when when we were going from church to church to preach, people knew who you were. They didn't know who I was. People still don't know who I am, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. But um, lots of times we would come separately or, like, I would take you early, and then I would go back to the hotel and get ready and then meet you at church. And, um, you know, people – it's it's one thing if I sit up front and people know, oh, she's the pastor's wife, they come over and be very friendly – but sometimes I would just sit in a different part of the church, and they didn't know who I was. And, you know, again, they had never seen me before. And these are not huge churches where everybody knows everybody. I mean, I mean yeah, everybody it's, yeah. it's too big of a crowd for you to know everybody. These were very what I consider to be smaller churches. And I felt like I stuck out like a sore thumb, and still nobody nobody talks to us. Well, in the experience of being a visitor, no matter how big the church is, is you feel like you stick out like a sore thumb. I mean, we just had the experience of being visitors last year and uh, in churches and we were visiting and, and no matter how large they were, you still felt very, very conspicuous. You didn't know where to go. You didn't know what was about to happen. You didn't know what the traditions of the church were. You didn't know where you stand up or sit down. I mean, you just didn't know. And there's all this stuff you don't know. And it just makes you feel like you stick out. I think, um, People need to go, uh, like, don't skip our church. But if you're on vacation or on a business trip or something, it's a good idea to go to a new church and just just remind yourself of what it feels like to be lost and to be lonesome and in the service and oh, yeah. not have anybody talk to you. I remember one other time that we thought was terrible. We went to a large church that should have known better. And we went up, they actually had a greeter station in the lobby. Mm -hmm. So we were going to try Sunday schools. We were starting a Sunday school shop because we've already decided on that church. So we went up to the greeter station and said, hey, we're looking for a Sunday school class. Can you direct us to one? So they said, yeah. So they sent us to one. We got there. It was an empty room. There was nobody there. (laughs) So we start kind of wandering around the halls with an empty look on our face and one guy did walk by, and he said, y'all look lost. Can I help you? And we said, yes, and explained we're new. And he took us to the discipleship pastor who is in charge of adult Sunday school. And um, we told him we're trying to find a new class. And he said, yeah, we've moved them all around, but we didn't 
obviously tell the greeter people. So the the people directing visitors to the Sunday school classes did not have the accurate, up-to-date information of where the classes even were. Yeah. So he takes us into a <laughs> class that everybody in there was like not our age bracket. I'll just say that. <laughs> and we walked in and was like, okay, I don't think we fit here. And we sat down and some people tapped me on the shoulder behind us and leaned up. They were some of Greg's parents' best friends from Memphis from years ago. And they said, we're so glad to have you in our Sunday school class. So we're going to school with our moms yeah, and dads. I said, okay, th- this is not a good experience either. Yeah, but, it's really, it's just, you. you it, there's so much to be uh, thoughtful about when we start talking about visitors and having visitors and how we're going to treat visitors. And it's just important. So those uh, those stories are uh, are they're horrible <laughs> and they're not fun to live through. But also, I think they're helpful. Hopefully, they you laugh a little bit, but also you think about um, our experience here. What can we learn from that? How can we handle visitors well? Yeah. Um, as a newcomer to the church. I have made it a point to, you know, I don't hardly anybody. So everybody is new to me. And being the pastor's wife, I kind of have a an entree, I guess, a conversation point to introduce myself to people. But I know several weeks ago, I was walking out of the sanctuary. We were meeting somebody for lunch. And I was kind of in a hurry to get out. And I walked past these two guys who were standing in the aisle talking to each other, and most everybody else had cleared out. And I walked past them, and I heard the Holy Spirit say, do you know them? No, you don't. Go back and talk to them. So I walked back, and I, I just interrupted them, and I said, you know, I thought, you know, I don't want to be a creepy old lady talking to you, but it's two young guys happen to be Reuben and Luke. I remember who they were. And I said, I just have to introduce myself to you because I don't know y'all yet. And so I talked to them a little bit, and Just having one-on-one time, maybe four minutes, I now know their name. I remember them. And when I see them in the church, uh, ever since then, I remember their names. When you meet people one-on-one like that, it's a lot easier than, um, you know, meeting people in a a big group sometimes and remembering their name if I have a, a little time to talk to them. A lot it of it helps is, me remember their name better. Yeah, a lot of it is just being intentional. I mean, you listen to the Holy Spirit. He told you to stop. You just did. It didn't take that long, but uh, it's just being intentional to stop and, and do those things uh, and being aware of the importance of it. I remember when we were at home in Memphis at Bellevue, you know, it was a really big church, and we'd have visitors, and you'd get lost. I mean, it's big enough that you you would lose what parking lot your car was in and stuff like that. And so I figured out after service pretty quickly that there would be these people walking around and they have these lost looks on their faces. Mm-hmm. And I knew what that meant. They were visitors and they, they couldn't, couldn't find their car. <laughs> they couldn't find what door to go out of to go to the parking lot where they parked. And so I would just take it upon myself every week after the service, I would do a loop around the outside of the sanctuary on the hallways around the sanctuary. And I would spot those people and I would help them find their car because it's just an intentional, just thinking about what it feels like to be a visitor and stopping just like you, you were intentional. You stopped, you know, we just stop. So it's great to learn. First thing I think with folks is just be intentional, stop and talk to somebody. If you don't know them, stop and meet them, learn their name, like you said, and talk to them. 
Well, in every church we've ever been in, I've heard people say, well, I've been in this church 25 years and there's so many people here, I don't know. And in my head, I think, well, why not? (laughs) There's not that many people here that you can't learn their names. And if you know you don't know them, then walk over across the room and go meet them. Yeah, go meet them. So, yeah. So there's a a couple of other things I think that are intentional for us about about we want to do well with our visitors. We love them. We're glad they're coming. We're blessed that we're starting to have more visitors. It's exciting to see that. Every week I meet somebody new. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of things when you're a visitor. First thing that happens, you walk in and you don't know where to sit in the sanctuary. Because you don't want to get somebody's seat. That's right. And being typical Baptists, we do two things. We sit in the back, and we take up all the seats in the back, so visitors have to go all the way up to the front. We also like to take the seats on the end of the rows. Which means everybody has to crawl over you. Everybody has to crawl over you, including visitors who now have to crawl over you to find a seat. So they either have to walk all the way up to the front in front of everybody, like your story that you told. Yes. Or they have to crawl over people to get to the open seats in the middle. And so as First Baptist folks, what we want to start doing is move up towards the front so that the seats in the back are easy for visitors to come in and sit down. And we want to encourage people, scoot to the middle. Well, and especially visitors who are bringing children. That is a traumatic thing sometimes for the child to go in a new room and for the parent to be dropping their kids off with total strangers and then figuring out how do I get back from my kid's room back into the sanctuary. So if they're just coming for church, they very well could be coming in after the service Mm -hmm. starts, um, not because they were late, but just because the logistics of finding where all their kids go and then... And then, you know, making their way to the to the worship center. So, um, yep, it's very true. And if they have a child and the child is nervous and they need to go to the restroom and you're made them sit in the middle, they got to climb over. I mean, it just all those logistics about that. It's just so much easier. But I have a I have a solution. Tell me if you and, and I know a lot of people like to sit on the ends. I get that. So sit up front. Because yep. there's plenty of rows up front <laughs> that don't have people on them. And so if you if you need to be a, an end of the row sitter, then sit up front. Yep. Just a great way to encourage that. Here's another thing. And Janet talked about this a second ago. But um, meet the people around you. If you don't know them, take the time to meet them. Just walk over and say, hey, you know, I'm Greg or I'm Janet and talk to them. And a lot of times we'll notice people in the congregation, they're sitting just one person by themselves, or we'll see a couple sitting by themselves. And they're just sitting there politely. And I have visions of my brother (laughs) sitting on the couch in that video. And so just walk over and meet them. It doesn't matter if they're a visitor or a member. If they're a member, it's your church family. You need to say hi to and meet them. And if they're a visitor, man, we scored. We were nice. We were loving. They think about us as a church that looks and feels like the love of Jesus. That's true. And for for years, I've had to sit by myself in church because, you know, you're you're up doing other things, and, and lots of times I'm sitting by myself. And even as a pastor's wife, it is no fun to sit by yourself in church. And nobody comes to church to sit by themselves and mm-hmm. be alone. That's nobody right. wants to be alone in church. 
um, if they didn't want to be around people, they would stay home and watch it on television. So if somebody, especially now with COVID, when, you know, taught us, got us out of the habit of uh, coming to church. So if somebody comes to church and is sitting by themselves, I feel like we as brothers and sisters in Christ, whether we know them, whether we don't know them, don't don't let anybody sit by themselves in church because nobody wants to. They don't come to church to be alone. Yeah, it's this. all about gathering with other believers. And if you're by yourself the whole time and nobody has spoken to you, then you really didn't even get to gather with other believers. Yeah. After you got up and took a shower and put on makeup and drove all the way over here. Yeah. So. Plus, it's fun to meet folks. I I love one of my favorite times on a Sunday is when I get to walk around in the sanctuary before the service and meet people. I've gone up to the balcony and met folks and shake hands and walk up and down the aisles. It's great fun. I've already learned a number of people. I've met visitors. I've invited people to Sunday school. People have came over and have come over and, and asked me to meet their visitors. It's just awesome. I mean, and so it's like my favorite time on Sunday mornings to get to do that and just enjoy it. And, and I mean, it changed the complexion of the church when we do that. Yeah. Your sister years ago um, used to, on Sundays, maybe one Sunday a month or every once in a while, she would cook an extra batch. She was always leaving food in the crock pot before they went to church. And um, she would always cook enough that when she met a visitor at church, she would look for visitors and she would invite them home with them for lunch and say, we've got, I've got soup on the crock, in the crock pot, have plenty. We'd love for y'all to come home with us and have lunch. And that was a real ministry that she had that um, was quite a blessing to very many people. Just hospitality. <clears throat> One other area about visitor work that I think is great for us, and we have some great greeters at our church. We have some folks great on the door. Uh, they help people get to Sunday school class and all that. But we really want to expand that. We'd love to have parking lot greeters in the parking lots and more greeters at the doors. And we don't want to just point to people how to get somewhere. We want somebody to be able to take them to a Sunday school class and introduce them there. And so uh, that takes multiple people at the at the visitor areas. And so we'd love for folks to get involved. So we're going to tug on your triangle a little bit yeah. in our tugging on your triangle uh, <clears throat> podcast. Uh, call the church and let us know you'd like to be a greeter. You'd like to get involved. And we can help you. We'll find you a spot. We'll get you trained. We'll let you do it with somebody along with you. So come on and get involved and, uh, and let's help folks feel welcome and know the love that we all know and feel at First Baptist Church. Yeah, that's a good word. Well, those are just some of our visitor horror stories that we (laughs) wanted to share with you, and we did not experience any of these things at this church, So, um, uh, but it never hurts to just to keep these things in mind and and come to church with an open eye and an awareness about um, about people around you. Absolutely. So, well, that's all we've got for today. And thank you all for joining us. It's always um, fun to be with you, and we look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thank you for joining us for the Tugging Your Triangle podcast. If you want to hear Pastor Greg's Triangle sermon, the link is in the show notes. Check out our church website at fsfbc.org for the ministries and opportunities to get involved with First Baptist Fort Smith and grow your triangle.